New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street book club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because and knowledge is the power, and we'll never give it up. Literature this for the masses. Where to put your money down now? How to watch your assets? Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. We always come together. There's no limit for us. Becomes your host. New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. All right, my beautiful people, man. Thanks so much for joining us again here today. Good evening to your billionaires here on the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. You put in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and also international best-selling author of the book, The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth, guys, a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, that's if you do, I suggest you study wealthy people. Don't listen to poor dad. Listen to rich dad. Listen to rich uncle. Listen to rich grandma and grandpapa. That's what we're going to do. Check them out at www.dblackbillionairesclub.com. You get the book. You can download the ebook now. www.dblackbillionairesclub.com. www.dblackbillionairesclub.com. Get the book today. Well, guys, we're going to continue along in our journey into Think and Grow Rich, a black choice. Think and Grow Rich, a black choice by none other than Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. Uh, this book is a book that's recommended by Black Enterprise. It says this, it's required, it should be required reading for all African-Americans who truly are committed to the pursuit of happiness and fulfillment. How, how many guys know that all African-Americans are not truly committed to the pursuit of happiness and fulfillment? That's why all African-Americans aren't going to read this book. But, you know, I made this decision to get a, to make to invest $8 into my, into my education. $8 in my education brought back a huge return to my life. And uh, we can just recommend that you read it. You can decide whether you're going to do that for yourself or not because it's a choice. Everybody playing also, it's a choice. If I'd have known then what I know now, that all it takes for me to read a book, change the way that I think, change the results I get in my life, or change the way I act and then change the results in my life, I would have read this book a long time ago. But see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't privy to that information. So thank God I'm reading it now. Now, are you going to read it? Who knows? 95% of people won't. And 95% of people find themselves dependent upon other people to pay their bills, upon other people to give them the help that they need financially, when all it takes is change the way you think. <laughs> What's going on? Hello to you. Thanks so much over at Facebook Live, Instagram Live. Think and Grow Rich, a black choice. It's a choice. I really want, I really want black people to understand that it's a choice. I mean, we can complain. We can blame everybody else. Or we can look at the man in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. Now, I'm going to do something about this. <laughs> so we're in the last chapter, by the way. I, we are going to be done with this book this week. This is it. This is the last of the Mohicans of the 12 chapters of Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice. I'm, I'm going to pick up where we left off at last week. and I'm gonna put, We were talking about self-discipline. So let's try to pick up there, and then we'll go into what we're going to talk about today. I guess it's still going to be more self-discipline. But this is chapter 12, and chapter 12 is called The Outer Space, something like that. Let's see what it's called. The outer space, your great discovery. So self-discipline, self-discipline is training that corrects, that molds, that strengthens, and perfects. Your behavior and your attitudes are expressions of your thoughts. Much of our thinking seems to be uncontrolled, random thinking, or is on a semi-conscious level. 
From time to time, we are, we are aware of our feelings. Feelings may indicate that we have been thinking strongly on certain subjects. Self-discipline teaches us to direct the energy generated by our thoughts into feeling and action that will be invaluable as we move forward. Self-discipline will help direct your energy into the most useful, successful channels. The term self-discipline refers only to the power of thought because all, self, all discipline of self must take place in the mind. All discipline of self must take place in the mind. You are where you are and what you are because of your thoughts. You are where you are and what you are because of your thoughts. You are where you are and what you are because of your thoughts. And your thoughts are subject to your control. You can mold your thoughts to fit any circumstance, positive or negative. You can keep your mind trained on that which you desire and receive just that, or you can feed your on, on thoughts on things you do not desire, and your thoughts will unerringly bring you that also. The world's heaviest man. How do you develop such discipline? Great question to ask, by the way. Hopefully, the story of a man who used the power of self-discipline to achieve a lifelong goal will explain. At age six, Walter Hudson weighed 125 pounds. When he was age 12, he'd reached 375 pounds. 30 years later, it took firemen, police, and a trained emergency team nearly five hours to lift him after he fell on his bathroom floor. By then, Hudson weighed an estimated 1,200 pounds. When his story reached the local newspapers, even the Guinness Book of World Records wanted to cite him. The headlines across the country proclaimed him to be the world's heaviest man. Because of his obesity, Hudson was for had forced himself to live a life of in seclusion. He had ventured outdoors only, only once in 27 years. And that was, his, that was when his family moved from Brooklyn to an adjoining suburb. For 16 years, Hudson was unable to lead a normal life. His days were spent in bed, covered by sheets, wearing only colored ribbons in his braided hair, propped against a wall of pillows. Hudson was, had, was an accumulation of flesh six feet long and more than nine feet around. Held in his sides, his arms pushed out across his double bed, each one the size of two bushel sacks, connected by a dimpled elbow. In this condition, he lived in a first floor bedroom, going through the daily routine of watching television, reading magazines, and anticipating his next meal. Hudson began each day by giving himself a sponge bath from a pail of water, cleansing the folds of his body with a washcloth wrapped around a long stick, followed by eating. Breakfast consisted of a pound of bacon, two pounds of sausage, a dozen eggs, coffee, orange juice, six donuts, and potatoes. For lunch, he would eat three hero sandwiches in a box of cupcakes washed down with a little a liter, a liter bottle of soda. For dinner, he would gorge on two chickens, vegetables, and, of course, dessert. His weekly food bill ran as high as $300. He recalls as a boy how he outfoxed his mother's attempt to slim him down. She dragged me to the doctors and clinics, admonishing me to stick to the diet. But sooner or later, I would sneak off to the kitchen one, on one of my uncontrollable binges. The seventh son and the youngest of nine children from a broken home, Hudson remembered the day he stopped going outdoors 18 years ago. I went for a short walk with my mother before I got exhausted, he said. My legs couldn't carry me about another step. I confined myself to my house and refused to go out, not even to attend my mother's funeral. After I lost my mother, I really started to put on the weight. I prayed for God's help. Deep down inside, I wanted to die. 
and I would have, and I would have, I would have if it wasn't for my brother. He told me that I was my own worst enemy, and that I could only, and I, and I could save myself. Everybody put a console, I could save myself. Right now, I want to think about whatever your binge was, whether it was overspending for most people, and put yourself into a position where your finances are overweight, or your house is underwater, or something like that. And you might be in a position right now where you're just like, I don't want to keep going. But hey, I'm your brother. And I want you to know that you are your worst enemy and you can save yourself. Filled with the shame and condemnation, Hudson uh, poured himself into the scriptures seeking answers to his problem. He desperately wanted to be then, to be normal. Why can't I control my emotions? He questioned. Emotions that led to a food addiction. Day in and day out, he waged war with himself. Then after months of prayer and solitude in the quiet house of his bedroom, his answer came. Inadvertently, he reached for the nearest book, opened it to a dog-eared page. It read, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up the with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hudson read it again and again. He had read that verse hundreds of times, but with little meaning. This time, however, the words sunk in. After more meditation, he had renewed his strength. With a simple prayer, he would face his challenge head on. After expressing a desire to meet Dick Gregory, Hudson was contacted by a comedian and civil rights activist whose protest, who, whose protest fasting had led him into the nutrition movement. After detailed analysis of his medical history, Gregory prepared a menu and exercise plan. Soon, Hudson's meals consisted of orange juice and powdered nutrients, supplemented by light exercising. With within five months, he had lost 375 pounds. Calls and letters came in from celebrities and supporters the world over, wishing him well. His very soul glowed with the satisfaction of his imminent success. After eight months, he'd lost more than 500 pounds. And something else, he had lost his fear. Something else that he lost was his fear. For the first time in nearly two decades, he took his first steps outdoors. What changed his life? How did Walter Hudson overcome his greatest obstacle? In spite of his mother's constant pleas after all the tears, the heartaches and lost battles, what turned the tide in his favor? Walter Hudson was ready. Now, for those of y'all that, that are watching right now, you're saying, you know what? I know it's been a long time. I know it's been a while. I know I've been talking about doing something. I know I've been talking about getting out of debt. I know I've been talking about starting my business. I know I've thought about it, but I've been a little bit fearful. How many of you guys are saying right now, I'm ready? I'm ready. Now, when we go and go, when we go to go look at this thing called a house to buy that or get a mortgage on it, they normally say this: we've got to be, we've got to be qualified by three principles, right? That's what they say. They say you got to be ready, willing, and able in order to borrow to get mortgage for the house. Now, I always found that interesting: ready, willing, and able. Now, I think the same goes for a lot in our life. You got to be ready, you got to be willing, and you got to be able. When it comes to taking control of your life, when it comes to taking personal responsibility for the mess that you put yourself in, when it comes to uh, you being your own worst enemy, are you ready?
Now, you can keep sitting on the couch. You can keep eating the 300 pounds of food. You can keep doing that until you're ready. And guess what happens? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. Are you ready? Once he made his irre irrevocable decision to lose weight, he had peace of mind. His new lifestyle proved it. After 42 years of gross obesity, he now felt his life had meaning. I wanted to get well, he said. I know I have the willpower. There are things that I want to do with my life. I want to walk through the snow and play in the autumn leaves. I want to feel the rain on my face. But most importantly, I want to help others overcome their adversities no matter what they are. Walter Hudson, uh, when hardest hit, Walter Hudson turned on his willpower to its full capacity. It sustained him through moments of temporary defeat and set him on the path to victory. Willpower is needed most when the opposition of life are the greatest. Willpower is needed most when the oppositions of life are the greatest. Everybody put it comes to willpower. Willpower. And self-discipline will provide willpower for every such emergency, whether great or small. This is something very interesting to me. To get to a point where you're actually ready to take control of your life, ready to take control of your finances, ready to take control of your relationships, ready to take control of your attitude, ready to take control of your emotions, ready. Now, we understand some people simply just are not ready. And they think they got time. They think they got time to get ready as if they control time. Ready. Here's the beautiful thing. That we all get ready in our own timing. That's the one thing that keeps me from getting frustrated with black folks. Because there was a time when I didn't think like I think today. There was a time where I didn't do what I do today. There was a time when I wasn't ready. That allows me to have compassion. That allows me to have patience with others when they're not ready. Because somebody had patience with me. Are you ready? Unleash the power of self-discipline. How do you unleash the power of self-discipline? By habit. And you develop a habit through repetition. Sow an action and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. Said the psychologist and philosopher William James, through self-discipline, Walter Hudson converted his greatest sorrow into his greatest asset, for it revealed to him the presence of that other self that he found in his Bible readings. There is one unbeatable rule of the, of the mastery of self-discipline. Resolve yourself to change those habits you dislike. Resolve yourself to change those habits you dislike. And once changed, never let an exception occur. 
This is a rule that has no equal. This is self-discipline of the highest order. Freedom of the body and mind, independence and economic security are the results of personal initiative expressed through self-discipline. By no other means may, may, may these desires be assured. A late Albert E. N. Gray, insurance tycoon and ph philanthropist, perhaps put it best when he spoke of success before the annual convention of the National Association of Life Underwriters. Gray said, the common denominator of success, the secret of success of every man who has ever been successful lies in the fact that he formed the habit of doing things that failures don't like to do. Let's say that again. The common denominator of success, the secret of success of every man who has ever been successful lies in the fact that he formed the habit. Everybody put the comments on habit. He formed the habit of doing the things that failures refuse to do, don't like to do, just won't do. And this is why I tell people when they look at my life, I say, I just simply chose to do the things that you won't, you won't do. I just simply chose that. I just simply chose to do the things that the crowd won't do. I just simply chose that. That's why, that's why I'm having the level of success that I'm having in my life that may be different from other people or different from most people because I formed a habit of simply doing what other people refuse to do. Not talking, doing what other people refuse to do. That allows me to have or to acquire or to live the life that other people simply cannot afford to live. It's called I'm reaping what I sow. And guess what? They are reaping what they sow as well. Not do, not much. Do, get more. Pretty simple. It's just as true as it sounds. It is just as simple as it seems. You can hold it up to the light. You can put it to the acid test. You can kick it around until it's worn out. But when you are all through with it, it will still be the common denominator of success, whether we like it or not. The things that failures don't like to do are the very things that you and I and other human beings, including successful men, naturally don't like to do. In other words, we've got to realize right from the start that success is something which is achieved by the minority of men and is therefore unnatural and not to be achieved by following our natural likes and dislikes, nor by being guided by our natural preferences and prejudges. Here's what he says. He said, he says success is unnatural because it's natural for us to do all the stuff that we like to do, not necessarily do all the stuff that we must do. See, I do a whole bunch of stuff that I don't like to do. But I know it's, it's, it's necessary for me to get the things that I want to get. Failure pe People who fail simply won't do that. I talk to people all the time. They be, like, they be like, when do you sleep? I be like, when I get tired. When do you get up? When I'm real rested. I'm not on the same schedule that you on. I don't clock in and clock out. I go to sleep when I get tired. I wake up when I'm real rested. That's the difference. What am I doing with the rest of the time? I'm simply doing the things that you won't do. That's why I'm able to live the life that I'm able to live. It's really just that simple. Success lies in the fact that the successful have formed the habit of doing the things that failures don't like to do. Self-discipline is the first rule of successful leadership. Whenever you find a person who is succeeding, you will find a person who has exercised tremendous self 
discipline. Now, what does that mean, self? They don't have to be told what to do. Nobody's going to come knock on my door and tell me what I need to do today in order to be successful. They're not going to do it. They're not, nobody's checking up saying, Evan, did you do this? Did you take care of your to-do list today? Did you do all the important stuff today? Did you sit down and do the things you need to do on the computer? Did you do what was necessary for you to be successful? No. Nobody's knocking on the door, making sure that I do the, the stuff that nobody else want to do. It's called self-discipline. I discipline myself to do the things that other people simply won't do, and therefore I'm able to live the life that other people simply can't afford to live. I do the dirty work. I burn the midnight oil. I get more done in the morning before people wake up than they get done all day. I'm way more productive. I am. I move at the speed of light. I get shit done all day, every day. I'm telling you, when you start to value your time more, you start getting more stuff done. You become more effective. You become more efficient. You become someone that people depend on. They know that when you say you're going to do something, it get done, and it get done with excellence. They only have a question. If I say I'm going to do something, you better believe it is already done. Where does self-discipline lead? Self-discipline leads to self-actualization. Abraham Maslow, father of third force psychology, defined a self-actualized person as a person who makes full use and exploits his talents, potentialities, and capacities. Such a person seems to be fulfilling himself and doing the best he is capable of doing. Let me ask you this, billionaires. Are you doing the best that you are capable of doing? Oh, that's a great question. Are you doing the best that you are capable of doing? See, uh, in the good book, they talk about a time when the father left or the master left, and he left them with talents based upon their talents, based upon their ability. And he said, hey, you just go do the best with what you are able to do. Are you doing the best with your capabilities? What you are capable of doing. Are you doing the best that you can do? Now, I already know the answer to this. No, you're not, <laughs> okay? I mean, let's just keep it real. Most of us simply are not doing the best that we are capable of doing. We're doing 10% best. We're doing at, at, at most, we're doing, I don't know, we're doing just over broke. We're not doing our best. It went, let me tell you something. When you get to the point where you really are doing your best with what you're capable of doing, a lot of things just, just don't, you don't have time for. I mean, I just simply don't, it's not that I don't like television. I just don't have time for it because I'm sitting here doing the best in my capabilities of what I'm able to do. And every time I think I can take a break, there's something else to be done. And I go ahead and knock it out. And I say, well, I might as well knock it out before I go to sleep. And I say, I'm going to go to rest right now. And I say, oh, I got to go ahead and knock this out too. I will knock this out before I go to bed. I'm simply doing the best that I'm capable of doing. Are you? Maslow further explained that the self-actualized person must find in his life those qualities that make his living rich and rewarding. He must find. Everybody come put in the council, seek and find. He must find. In order for you to find, you got to be looking. Then that begs the question, well, what are you looking for? Because you're finding what you're looking for, by the way. 
I'm trying to tell you, when I was looking for marijuana, I found marijuana. It was, I found it. Oh, yes. When I was looking for the alcohol, I found the alcohol. When I was looking for a job, I found a job. But when I started looking for business opportunities, when I started looking for money, when I started looking for wealth, when I started looking for uh, looking, looking to help other people, guess what I found? I found all those things. My question to you is, what are you looking for? And I guarantee you, you find it. It's a law. Seek and you'll find. He didn't make it up. He said, this is how it works. So if you're not finding, the question is, what are you looking for? And I'm not talking about that you casually browse the aisle for. I'm talking about deep down in your heart, it wakes you up and you start looking for this thing. For some of y'all, it's the addictions that you have. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just that you got to recognize, man, I really want to smoke. So I keep looking for something to smoke. And that's what I keep finding. But I'm trying to tell you, when you turn your attention, when you redirect your focus, you say, this is what I want. I'm going to look for this. I'm going to look for opportunity. I'm going to do the research. I'm going to dig. You know what? I became a treasure hunter. That's what I became. I became a treasure hunter. Every morning I wake up, I'm looking for treasure. And every day I go out, I find treasure. I make more money in the morning than people make all day because all day long, I'm looking for treasure. How about you? How about you? What are you looking for? I'm looking for treasure. I'm looking for opportunity. I'm looking for new businesses. I'm looking for ideas. What are you looking for? You're finding it. I mean, listen, we know it's not you, but maybe your friends. Think about your friends and all the stuff they find all day. They find drama. They find dysfunction. They find something that stresses them out. I'm telling you, they're looking for it. And their subconscious, they may not want to look for it, but that's what they're looking for. They can scroll down their timeline. They pass everything positive. And then they find something they negative. They find something that they disagree with. They find something they can debate with. And guess what? They stop. And they hit the like button. They hit the share button. They hit the, uh, they, they comment. They start the conversation because they found what they were looking for. This is the reason why television is negative because television just gives you what you're looking for. So they could, put, they could promote positive stuff all day long, but people going to turn the channel because they're going to turn the channel to stuff that is drama filled. They're going to turn the channel to stuff that has thriller. They're going to turn the channel to stuff that has suspense. They're going to turn the channel to stuff that be like, man, I can't believe that happened. But over here, this good stuff happened. They're not like, wow, look what happened. They don't care about that. That's not what they're looking for. My question to you is, what are you looking for? And I'm telling you, you are finding it. You're not looking to support black-owned businesses. That's why you can't find black-owned businesses. It's just lip service to you. It's just a hashtag to you. It's a lifestyle for me. I'm looking to support black-owned business. I'm looking to promote black-owned business. I find them. What are you looking for? Maslow further explained that a self-actualized person must find in his life those qualities that make his living rich and rewarding. He must find meaningfulness. He must find self-sufficiency. He must find effortlessness. He must find playfulness. He must find richness. He must find simplicity. He must find completion. He must find necessity. He must find perfection. 
He must find individuality. He must find beauty and he must find truth. This is the whole person, the rich, fulfilled, inner person combined with the well-organized, complete outer person. Everybody put it down so organized. Some of you guys, your life is in disarray. You're just simply not organized. You're not organizing your thoughts, therefore you're not organizing your life. The self-actualizer is not a spectator to life, but a participant in it. He determines what it is he wants out of life and then boldly sets out to attain it. Everybody put it down so bold. Favor fortune, fa fortune favors the bold. Fortune favors the bold. He determines what it is he wants out of life. Have you figured that out yet? Have you taken the time to sit down? Of all the time that you spent, 24 hours times seven days a week, 168 hours, I believe, something like that. Uh, out of 168 hours, you mean to tell me that you haven't taken any time to figure out what it is that you want out of this thing called life? And then you wonder why you don't get what you think that you want because you nearly haven't sat down and said, this is what I want. And then once you have determined, this is what I want, then you boldly set out to go after it. And when you boldly set out to go after that which it is that you want, not what I want for you, not what your mom wants for you, not what your dad wants for you, but what you want, what you say you want, the whole world gets out of your way because you become a man or a woman that's on a mission. Everybody put in the comments below, I'm on a mission. Everybody put in the comments below, I am on a mission. I'm on such a, I'm on such a mission that I dare you to get in my way. I mean, I want you to try to get in my way. I want you to try to stop me. I mean, that's going to be fun to me because I'm going to run right over you. I mean, I am on a mission. Who's going to check me, boo? Who's going to stop me? The only person that's ever been stopping me, the only person that's ever been stopping me has been me. No other person can hold me down except me. I'm telling you, once black people realize that, say, wait a second, this whole time I've been holding myself back. This whole time I've been my own worst enemy. I know there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the world. I know there's a lot of things that we can talk about that's affecting us as a community, but I'm talking about, talking about a community. I'm talking about me. Now, what's stopping me? The only thing that's ever been stopping me has been me. And now that I got in my own way, now that the coast is clear, now that I know exactly what I want, get out my way. or face the consequences. I mean, you want some tire tracks on the back of your jacket? I don't think you want that, brother. I don't think you want that, sister. He determines what it is he wants out of life and then boldly sets out to attain. He carefully and thoughtfully determines what he desires. He carefully and thoughtfully, he thinks about this stuff. Man, what, what is it I really want? I mean, I don't know. I've been here 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. What what do I want? Huh? I never, all this time, I, I never really thought about what I want. Is there any wonder why I never got, I'm not where I say I want to be? Huh? What is it that I desire? My whole life I've been living for other people. 
And that's noble, by the way, to sacrifice your life for others. That's noble. But have you ever taken the time to say, what do I desire? What do I want most out of life? It's different for everybody. He evaluates the cost of achieving it. Then he moves ahead with unfailing determination to possess it. He never forgets that a price must be paid. Black people, the four-letter cuss word in the black community is free. We got to stop using that because that means that we're trying to get something for nothing. That does not work. That, is, that goes against the laws of the universe. Always trying to get something for nothing. That's really, that's the reason why you don't have much at all. Let me say that again for the people in the back, the people in the way back, because you're always trying to get something for nothing. That is the reason why you don't have much at all. Because you don't understand the laws. You don't understand how this world operates. You keep trying to get something for nothing, not paying the price, not putting it, not, not putting in the cost. That's the reason why you don't have much at all. Because there's no exchange. And guess what? You get what you pay for. You don't pay nothing, you don't get much. Until you accept this. And you say, you know what? From this day forward, I'm going to always give something in exchange for what I get. Matter of fact, I'm going to give way more than I get because I understand that I can't outgive God. Now, this, this you giving does not always mean money, by the way. It doesn't mean money. That's just the lowest form. That's the lowest thing that we can talk about because we can count it. But my goodness, once you realize there are things much more valuable than money that you give in, in exchange for the things that you say that you want, you realize, you're like, wait a second. Let me tell you some things. Like, I realize how valuable my knowledge is. And I give it away for free a lot. Or I give to others saying, hey, I just, like, matter of fact, I gave away a billion dollar idea earlier today. I just gave it away. I just gave it away. I could have hoarded that thing and not done nothing with it because I knew I wasn't going to do nothing with it. But I put it out there. Now, if somebody go take that billion idea and they run with it and become a billionaire, God bless them. But I know that I got a whole bunch more billion dollar ideas coming. They right there. They right there. They just waiting their foot. They just, it's just, just, just right there. It's, it's coming. I know it. So I can give my billion dollar ideas away because I got a lot more. I told you, I cannot give out give God. And I've been trying. I have been trying. I mean, Lord, let me try today. I'm going to try to out give you today, Father. Yeah, I'm going to be like you, Father. I'm going I'm to give, I'm gonna give may, way more than I get. I'm going to try to out give you. He'd be like, no, son, it's impossible. I said, well, I know you say it's impossible, but I'm going to try anyway because I'm a competitive man. I like to compete and I like to try to win. I haven't won yet, but I'm going to keep trying. Okay? Right? Double E said, I want five of my songs charting top 10 on the Billboard and Platinum Selling CD. Fantastic. That's awesome. How about we get one? Let me, when we get, let's get one first. I want to figure out, I want you to figure out, uh, Felicia, what's your number one song? And then whatever, let me say this. Now, I want you to figure out what's the number one song that's in you. Because you may not even recorded it yet. It may not even come out yet. I don't know. But I want I, I, on your way to five, which you're going to get to, I want to get the number one song that's in you. Maybe it's already out, 
Maybe you haven't written it yet. Maybe it's still trying to come out. I don't know. But I want the number one song out of Be The Light. And I want her to sing that number one song like her life depends on it. Unlike other people's life depend on it. Because it does. And I want to make sure that she says this number one song, not only am I going to sing it like other people's life depend on it because it does, but now I got the right hook. It's got to be the number one hook. It's got to be the number one harmony. Whatever it is that you call it in music. I ain't a music person, but I know that if you put your all into it, not your half all, not your summer all, but it got to be all, the whole complete ensemble with the words, the lyrics, the delivery, the, the music, the tone, the harmony, the pitch. I want the number one. That's how you get there. And then you do number two. And then you do number three. And then you do number four. And then you do number five. This is <laughs> a new Black Wall Street book club where black folk do read. You put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, Certified Financial Educator. What you experience today is something we do all the time at the Black Billionaires Club, by the way. Yeah, we do it all the time. We do it week in and week out. The question is, are you going to be a part of those, uh, those sessions? Are you going to make a decision today to change your life, to make a decision with your money and stop wasting it and start investing in yourself and get around people who can help you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams? It's your choice. You can keep doing what you've been doing, keep getting what you've been getting, and you know what I'm going to say? I'm okay with that because they're simply not ready. But when you are ready, we'll look to meet you at the Black Billionaires Club. In the comments below, I'd like for you to share something that you learned today, something that uh, spoke to you. You say, you know what? That was right on point. Say, oh, he must have been talking to me. Of course, we're reading a book, a good book. That we recommend that other people go get, go buy, put it in your, uh, put it in your, uh, your library and read it. Not just read it, but then consume it and apply it in your life. I'm telling you, when you start to apply some of the things that you have read, the Bible for one, but you apply it to your life, you start to see that this stuff actually works. And you change your life. Just like that. Regardless of what's going on out there, you change your life. Then when you change your life, you can change other people's life. You can lead where you are now. You can lead where you once followed. If you change your life, you'll change everything else. Change the way that you think. You'll change your life. Change your life. You'll change everything else. Change your life. You'll change your bank account. Change your life. You'll change your relationships. Change your life. You'll change your family structure. Change your life. You begin to change the community. Why? Because you are the community. You are the community. Please go ahead and check out www.dblackbillionairesclub.com. Pick up the book. Join the club today. All we know is we provided you with the opportunity. It's your choice to actually take action. It's your choice to do something, what we have talked about today. Choice says, seeking you shall find is what he learned today. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Anybody else? Just before we close out today. Change your mindset, you change your life, says Ms. Gardner. Be delight. Be bold. Fortune favors the bold. Well, guys, I'm ERGJ, certified financial educator.
international best-selling author of the book, The Black Billionaires Club, founder of the The Black Billionaires Club. Give you opportunity upon opportunity to do something. Like I said, we said earlier, the success comes down to the people who do, not the people who talk, not the people who just simply think, not the people who simply just pray. It comes down to the people who do what the failures won't do. My question to you is, will you become that person that will do what others won't? If you want your life to be hard, keep doing what's easy. But if you want your life to be easy, you have to choose to do what's hard. Well, guys, I want you to remember this, that it takes a village. And it starts with us. Let's build, people, as we climb together. We all we got. We all we got. Well, guess what? That's more than enough. That's more than enough. Until next episode, Mr. DJ, hit the music. Wall Street Book Club with your host Evan Jefferson. Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Yeah. Now you ain't gotta leave the computer, but we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new Black Wall Street Book Club. Book Club. Yeah. The new Black Wall Street. The new Black Wall Street.